decisions you make have to be sought out to make sure that you make wise decisions. All right, we're going to get into our lessons. I have some information that I think is beneficial for us. All right, giving out to the Spirit of Christ. Thank God for you all that's here. Thank God for those that's over the airways that are listening over to me. We give our praise to our Lord. Okay. Um, Um, trying to think how to get into it. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about something I want you to understand. We are down here on earth, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. And we looking up to God. We view God as God is up there. We down here. I'm going to flip some things around. In sight, Psychology in some psychological classes or even with psychologists, they like to use role reversal sometimes to uh, uh, make you understand people. In order for you to understand how people view you, they do role reversals. In a sense, they'll say, uh, Mr. Frazier, I want you to, or Adam Frazier, I want you to imitate Caleb. And then Caleb imitate, imitate Daddy. And you'll see how he betray you as. In a sense, that's like I tell my wife, you imitate me and I imitate her. In some instances, that may be a flattering thing when, when you see what they do. In other cases, it'll be an eye-opening thing where you say, I ain't like that. You think I'm like, why do you feel me like that? So, it's, uh, what, what I'm trying to get that <laughs> in a way that we can see ourselves through God's eyes. Yeah. Instead of, we looking at God through our eyes. Figure, I'm down here, he's up there. Let's turn this thing around. Hopefully before you end, you begin to see something that you didn't see before. You begin to understand or something become more clear than it had been before in the past, all right? So what we're gonna talk about today, is guidance of the spirit. How the spirit guides us, okay? Now we're gonna talk and read some things, discuss some things, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, I hope you enjoy this because it is very important. Okay. Now, us as human beings, we're, we're not just here to just be here and wandering, fumbling around, bumping into each other like bumper cars and, and just spinning around like 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 tops on, 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 a, on, a, on a pull string trying to figure out where we are, where we're going, what we, what we should be doing. But we're here for a purpose. Some people understand we're here for a purpose. Some people don't believe we're here for a purpose. But we need to first find out why we're here. Why did God create me? For those who don't believe there's a God, the first thing they say is, why am I here? Mm-hmm. And they're going to be wanting this for a while. Bumping from thing to thing, place to place, people to people, job to job, and all kinds of other things, trying to figure it out. But look, we are all individuals in a sense. 
For us, in, 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 we are individually individuals between each other. But in a sense, if we understand that God had a purpose for us, we realize we are, 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 are our objective is to be guided by the Lord. We have to seek out what God intends for us to do with our life. And then as we begin to seek him constantly, everything will begin to unveil itself. The area of your job may unveil itself. Meaning you may go to college for this, but God may reveal to you he wants you to pursue that over there. Mm -hmm. And you may say, well, I did go to college for this, but nevertheless, I... God, I feel God pushing me in that direction. So, uh, individuals are divided to their heavenly objective by a guidance system that is greater than that of rockets and missiles. Okay? You never thought about that, did you? God is trying to guide us and which is he, which he, he is greater than rockets and missiles. Amen. See, I'm, remember, I'm trying to get you to view, view, view how God is looking down on you and us instead of we looking up you and Him. The system is activated by the reception of the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. Amen. If any other time during the history of the Word being preached, the Holy Ghost needs to be mentioned, it's not. People think they can live holy without the Holy Ghost. People think they can be uh, motivated and encouraged and, and, and stimulated and, 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 and corrected without the Holy Ghost. You, you're missing something. You're missing the most valuable part of God getting saved. Jesus came and he died so that he said, remember, he said, I, I need to go back to the Father because if I don't go, the Comforter will not come. He needed to leave so he could send the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. The Spirit, which is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God wants in place. Remember, it's not in place until it gets in you. When the Spirit of God is in place, it leads and guides daily. Now this is one of the main reasons why the reception of the Spirit is necessary the inception or the reception or the impartate of the Holy Ghost is very necessary for salvation. Mm -hmm. Romans 8.14 said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Yes. Now let you know you need the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God comes through by the influence of the Holy Ghost. It's not enough to feel an unction telling you to do something. But you want something riding on the inside, living on the inside. Yes. He said, I will make my abort with you, meaning I'm going to stay in you. Yes. There are times you're going to feel a great annoyance. And there are times you may not even know that he's there. But we're going to examine it from God's perspective. This ought to let you know that even when I feel like God ain't there, he's there. He's there. Thank you. Any questions? Moving on. Now, a guidance system is an essential to a truly successful life. Why? Why is a guidance system? Let me back up a little bit. Let that question marinate in your mind for a little bit. 
Think about it. You were, you were born in this world, so you were once a little kid. They need your guidance. Right? Amen. Why? Why do they need your guidance? Hmm? They can't take care of themselves. They can't take care of themselves. What else? Anything else? That's it? They don't know where to go. In most cases, people are like, like cattle following other people. They see them walking down there, they start walking down there too. You think I'm mine? No. Go to the mall on Friday night and you see them in droves doing what other people do. And they prove the fact that they like cattle Break off and start running. <laughs> you laughing. Why you laughing? Why you laughing? If you just break off and start running, what do you think everybody else gonna do? Run. They gonna start running like like they think. <laughs> Why? Because they think they some danger happening. All of a sudden, you got a mass hysteria of people running, thinking it's if somebody shoot or someone pulled out a gun. The majority, the all of them, but the majority of them will start running. Don't even know why they run. They just saw you run. Okay. So, we need this. We, it, it, the guy system is essential for a successful life. For no possession, in, no, so no one possesses the ability naturally to direct their life spiritually. Right. No one, no one can say I can direct my life spiritually. You don't, you don't possess that capability. Therefore, a system must be acquired. Right? All right. Jeremiah ten thirty three says, "Oh Lord, I know that the ways of men are not in himself. It is not in man that walketh." to direct his steps. This is Jeremiah 10, 23. There are as many guidance systems in our world as there are ingenious, ingenious, ingenious uh, people that created them. From following the, the, the stars to following the stars theatrically, uh, therefore, have sought methods to help them know how to go, where to go, when to go. People following the stars and say, oh, how to go, when to go, where to go. Those who feel, or those who feel that they need no guidance outside of their own wisdom and intelligence are left to wander aimlessly through life with no hope of eternal life. You agree with that, right? Some of the un unguided souls are very successful materialistically. But what is a man, what is a man's profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? This is Matthew 16 and 26. In this lesson, we are reminded to bow um, to, we are reminded that um, how the spirit guides, where the spirit guides, 
when the Spirit guides. You ever thought about that? How the Spirit guides, when the Spirit guides, where the Spirit guides. We're going to talk about that, okay? Any questions so far? Okay, let's examine how the Spirit of God guides you. We, we always talk about how we're trying to do what the Lord said, do what the Lord said. So if we got the Spirit, it's going to begin to guide us. If we let it. The Spirit of God guides us by His counsel. What is His counsel? It's what? You say will, you say what? Whatever. Anybody else? What is this? Uh, uh, the Spirit of God guides us by His counsel. His counsel is what? His word. His understanding. Right, His word. Without His word, you have no counsel. Counsel is what you give to somebody when you're trying to keep them or give them uh, understanding. Mm -hmm. So God counsels us with His word. Through his word, right? So we need that word to, to counsel us. So we have a large man, uh, manuscript mm. that is inspired by the Spirit mm. that is suitable to every situation in our lives. If a person will search, he will find the portion of the of the word of God that addresses his needs or problems. Do you agree? That's true. Meaning, whatever problem you have, you can find it in the Bible. Amen. If you burn in lust, it'll tell you how to handle that mm -hmm. in the scripture. Amen. If you got this problem or that problem, it'll tell you how to handle it in the scripture. Mm -hmm. It won't tell you ways to skip around it, but it'll tell you how to handle it and still be in right standing with God. What method but finding direction involved the reading of God's word. Right? Amen. Which is the foundation. Mm -hmm. Which is what we use to doctrinize. Doctrine simply means teach people. People don't want to be taught anymore. That's why they don't come to church. But leaders ought to be able to break it down to, to their understanding if they so inquire. Remember, God is a gentleman. He's not going to make you follow after him. He's not going to make you come to church. He's not going to make you stay at church. You have to have that well-made-up mind. In order to get that mind, you need faith in God. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you successfully seek God out and acquire more and more faith, you will become more and more apt to seek God out even more to get what you need from him. So you begin to understand that the word is constantly being revealed to us. Like a like an artist on the on, on, on a canvas painting the thing. We know the artist is painting, but we don't know exactly what he's painting until he begins to do something and we say, that looks like an airplane. No, that looks like a bird. Oh, that looks like a cloud. Oh, that's a that's a tree. We looking at looking to God to see what he what he's gonna do with our life, and God is looking down upon us and saying, I want to show you. Through my word, what I can do for you. Yeah. All right. Uh, any question? Another method that is just as effective of as counsel or as word. You know what that is? 
Here. Hearing. Hearing of the word. God gives us assistance. God gives you assistance in hearing his word. By anointing someone to present the portion of the word that gives us guidance. Yeah, yeah. Everybody can't give you guidance. They need to be anointed by God. When who God who, if God sent you, generally you should have that anointing. You may have people that may want to debate with, well, I got my degree and it's I got my doctor. I don't care what degree you got. If you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you ain't got no anointing. All you got is book knowledge. Yeah. And you go on a book knowledge. And book knowledge is not good enough to do God's word because Jesus didn't have no DD degree. And he was the master. Go ahead. Paul had all that kind of dumb. Yeah, calling it as dumb, dumb mean manure. Paul said he counted that degree as dumb. Oh God. There ain't nothing. There ain't nothing to him. He thought it to it he said in a sense that all that stuff I got don't mean nothing when it became when it when it put towards the work and the plan and the the, uh, the off the unseen of the church and the prosperity of the church in Jesus Christ. Now the word which we have read and heard and hear in our heart act as a constant source of counsel and advice. The word should be put in there. If you come to church often enough, word will be put in there by the anointed person that's putting the word out. It's in you whether you know it or not. It's in you. And in order to know it's in you, it's not readily available to know at hand while you're sitting there. But when you need it, God's going to bring it to bring it to your mind. Now, for this to happen, you have to have the Holy Ghost. And you have to be taught under someone that's anointed where the word is being put in you. Amen. Now, so God's uh, word of counsel is, is, is really advice for us. God often takes, talks to us by quickening various portions of his word to our mind. Of course, these portions must have been previously placed there by us. You can't stay home and never go to church and wonder why you ain't growing in grace. You ain't where God you ain't where God needs you to be. It's very important for us that we understand that there is a God, but we gotta understand where we need to be for God to have the full effect in our life. If we ain't where we need to be, God ain't going to never seem like he's blooming to us. Or we're not going to never feel like we get, we're growing. You don't feel like you're just there existing with no growth. The counsel of God's word is the highest and purest form of advice available. Not only is it the highest and purest, but the most accurate. With this caliber of counsel, no one has cause for confusion. Proverbs 19, 20 and 21. Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. There are many 
devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 19, yeah. 20, and 21. That's powerful in itself. Yeah. Now many people fill, fill their minds with all kinds of philosophies and ideas coming from central literature and eastern religion and modern secular world. But the direction received from such is corrupt and warped. It won't make you wise in Christ. It, may, it won't give you the spiritual lightning that you think you, you achieve. In most cases, there are some people that say this is for spiritual enlightenment, but it just takes you further and further into a ball of confusion. Right. Nothing is qualified to guide our lives like the Spirit of God and His Word. Psalms 73 and 24. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Psalm 73, 24. To keep the counsel of the Lord always before them, the Israelites inscribed portions of the word on clothes and skin, which they wore on their bodies. They also placed the Shema in conspicuous places at the entrance of their house. Praise the Lord. Now, let's examine that. The scriptures say in uh, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, the scriptures say, and these words which I commanded thee this day shall be in thee in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shall talk to them when thou sittest at, in, in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and when thou and, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy head, and they shall be as a footlet between thy eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house uh -huh. and on thy gate. This is Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. So, let us know that the guidance by the counsel of the Lord is expressed by David in Psalm 119 and 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. Any question? Comment? Yeah, where's the Lord putting it now? Put it on your heart. See, at that particular time, they had to write it, constantly remind them. You see people sometimes now, even the old time Christians, they have little things on the, on the world. Don't ask for me and my husband to serve the Lord, and all kind of stuff hanging on, the, on, on little plaques and stuff like that. But this was beneficial for it back then, and it's, it's, it shows as a visual reminder of who they are. And not only that, people come in the house and look and they know that, oh, this person truly said they, 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 they have some kind of godly desire in their life, but it don't prove that they say it because they got it on the wall. Because I've seen people you know, say that they say but when they got mad, they all kind of custom words come out of them. And I said to myself, 
I remember why I used to be like that. Your I know Sister Felt don't remember me. Hey, I'm trying to figure why did she even fall in love with me with, with a filthy mouth that I had. Okay. They got the Bible dashboard of the car. Yeah. Carrying on. Yeah. Bottom of the dashboard of the car. And that's all it's there for to show. Yeah. But it is. Yeah. See, when it become alive to you, you won't put it on the dashboard. I used to thought I had to keep a Bible out here. Now I don't keep a Bible nowhere. When you walk in my house, you wouldn't know I would say. Do you see what I was? How I act and conduct myself. Yeah, it's not about what 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 trinkets or tokens that sits around my house that make me saved. It's on the inside. God said He's gonna write it, but he nailed it. So God said, I'm gonna write it now. Back then they had to write it and put it on there. But now He's writing it in your heart. You get it written in your heart, you gonna live it. The reason why you can't live it, it ain't written there hard enough. God gonna write it. Okay, what we're talking about is how God guides us through with with the Spirit, the Spirit which is the Holy Ghost. Okay, this is going to open your eyes tremendously and understand. If you now, I, I mentioned in, uh, in the Old Testament, the Shuma. What is what is the Shuma? Anybody know what the Shuma is? That ain't something that we need to be saved. But I talked about the Old Testament, how back then they began to. Uh, uh, use the sh uh, shuma. Now the shuma, no one know what it is. The shuma uh, is a daily reminder that the Lord God, the Lord our God alone, is our God. The prayer goes on from how to show value of passing this conviction on to later generations to spare them the tragic result of idolatry to adopt. So they had to have a reminder that you don't, don't go against God. Our reminder now is the Holy Ghost. We need that Holy Ghost. If I ain't got it, that ought to be the, 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 the eye of the tiger in your mind. I gotta get this. I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this. When I got saved, I said, But that didn't help me get it. I just said, I, I know I need it. I said, Lord, if I don't get this Holy Ghost, I'm going to do my own thing. I, I said that to myself. But I kept following the sanctified folks. Because I knew if they had it, doing what they do, and if I follow them, I'll get it. Very good to have a good example. Very good. No one's going to come to it. No one's going to know how to live faith without example. Jesus don't have to come down here right now and lead us. He got us. Why did Jesus need to lead you and you or call you or tell you you need to do this? You he got us. The Word. And plus, He done wrote it in our heart. If you got the Holy Ghost, this is in there. We got Jesus in you. Yeah, you got Jesus in you. Yeah. You just don't see him. Okay. You just don't see him. Okay. Amen. All right. Any questions? Sit down. When you're talking about the Shuma, you know, like the Jewish people. They have a shuma that they perform at certain times of the year, like mm. the Passover and with um, Yom Kippur and all these different feasts. They, you know, uh, like the Passover, they bring their whole family there 
what happened in the past and how God brought them out. And that's how we have to do about Jesus. Jesus brought me out of this. Uh, I remember, you know, when we were starting out and the children were small, in the morning, that was like the Shuma prayer. Like, okay, the Lord going to watch over y'all. The Lord going to protect y'all. That's what he does. He got y'all for a special purpose. And that's just to remind you that God is there. That right. he's there. And, you know, as they begin to grow up, they realize, yeah, God is here. When I get in trouble, God is right there. Make sure Amen. Amen. All right. Now, with this, we're talking about the Spirit, guidance from the Spirit of God. Once we get the Holy Ghost, we have the Spirit of God, it will begin to guide us. Yeah. That's right. Until then, we don't know which way to go. Yeah. We wake up and say, should I do, should I do, should I do, should I do? Going by the spirit that the devil throw at us, I should follow him. I should go over there and play with us. And then, but once the spirit get in us, it begin to bridle us and tell us what we should. Yeah. Now, like I said, it's genuine. I ain't gonna make you. It's gonna suggest you should do this, or you need to do this. It's not gonna say, "You need to come come come." You need to talk like that. That's how the devil talk. The Lord is saying. You need to go pray. They don't coach you like, you know, you need to go pray. You know, you know, you need to go pray. Oh, it's time to go to church. Oh, you need to do this. Okay. Some people, if you stay with God long enough, you begin to, you'll bear witness of what I'm saying. Praise God. Okay. Another way the Spirit, remember, if you got the Spirit in you, they begin to guide us in. Another way he began to, the Spirit will begin to guide us is with his eyes. I didn't say with our eyes. We are not guided by what we see because we don't see that much. Mm. Or we see errors on top of errors. Now, it's all right to see errors. I want to make sure I address this error thing. Errors is good. Your body is made to consume various things. That is beneficial for the body. And the stuff that is not beneficial, it generally gives you a bowel movement to let you know you need to let that junk out. So don't be surprised when somebody can say one thing good and the next time they say some garbage. You got the capability to filter in that junk out. If it had not been for that system that God had placed in us, we would be in a terrible mess. Yeah. All right? Now, so with our eyes, what we're talking about now is how, not how you view God. We view God as old, little old me, and God is up there with a lightning bolt ready to strike. No, 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 no. What I'm doing, I want to reverse that. You're here, God is here. I want to flip this. I want you to view, I want you to see how God viewing us. Okay? Another way, he began to guide us with his eye. Now listen to this. This is very good. Okay. Uh, uh, Psalms 38 and 8 says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. Remember, my eye means God's eyes. God said, I will guide you with my eye. When the children was in the wilderness, they had another way they could escape, but God took them to the river Jordan. I mean, uh, to, thank you. Thank you. Um, 
I said, that's a bad, right? Red team, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, we got some Bible students in here. Take us to the Red Sea. See, God could have took them another way. The people was complaining that God brought us out here to die because there's no way we're going to be. What, we, we got to see here. We go, we could die this way. Or we can stand here and be destroyed by the Israelites, uh, the Pharaoh's army coming at us. God brought us out here to die. It's a die-die situation to them. But God had part of the Red Sea so that they can go across. Praise the Lord. So God, how, how was God able to do that? Because God was watching them with his eye. Not our eyes. Remember, I'm trying to give you God's view of you. Not your view of him. Because we look at him like, oh, look at that. But God split that. God is watching you 24-7. Whether you acknowledge it or not. God don't have to seek to find you. He already know where you at. Even at this second. It's his friend. Now, even though the Bible uses uh, the likeness to God in the shape of character, characters such as a man, it permits us as humans to understand a little better how God guides us. For how could God guide what he could not see? Look, let me start right here for a second. This is you. Can anybody see this? This is you. This is the path God wants you on. Do you not know when you detour from that path, God has to do something to get you back up there? And generally, it ain't something like win the lottery, get a bunch of money, give you the dream job, give you the house. It's generally trouble. If you if you started going that way, and all of a sudden you saw all kind of type of hell break loose, somebody shooting gun, you're going to immediately run back that way. Amen. Trouble comes to us to put us back on the right plan. You got to get that in your mind. God, the trouble that's in your life is because you may be detoured. Yes, you gonna have a level of temptation and trials to prove the show. God already know where you stand. You need to see where you stand. But God is gonna allow certain things to get you back to His role and, and keep on that road. Every time I de I go this way, where all the sanctified people going, things will be okay. They will be good, excellent, but they'll be okay. But when I get to it, God allows something to happen. That shakes me. Put fear in me. That makes me want to 
It's no different than an animal right now. If we see an animal coming here and I try to step on it, it's going to turn and try to go back the same way it came. To escape. He does that because he loves you and he wants you. He is guiding you. He sees the error of your way. Remember, God is a gentleman, but he also loves who he loves. He chases. So he want to get you back on the right path. The right path. It may not make you happy at, at first because it didn't make me happy at first. I dreaded living, living holy. I dreaded coming to church. I dreaded being in Bible this and Bible that and this and that. I love it now. Amen. I train myself to love it. I look at examples of people that backslid and people that didn't come to church. How their life is a shambles and a big mess. If they mess naturally so, they, they messed up in their mind. They're confused as to be. But I learned that and I said to myself, you know, I might have been on the fence saying, oh, I should go. But I said, oh, I see, if I didn't leave, I see something bad happen. I better stay where I'm at. That ought to be telling you something. God is trying to guide us. Any questions? There's no, we're talking about how God guides us. Now, the word which we have read and heard and hidden in our hearts act as a constant source of counsel and advice. And we know that, okay? Now, moving on. God is omnipotent. I mean, he see all and know all. He's everywhere. There is no place in the universe where he does not exist. Where do you think God does not exist? Yet we often think of God as being elevated to a great degree above the earth, looking down upon us. If this concept helps us to understand his watchfulness over us, it does no harm. However, we observe, however we observe, however he observes us, he does observe us. I want you to understand. However you think God deserves you, don't, don't take away from the fact he's got an eye on you because he don't always do things the way you want because he don't always show you in some type of miraculous way that I, I still got my eye on you. He got his eye on you. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, the Bible says. This is 1 Peter 3 and 12. And it is open to the prayer. Now, not only can we receive comfort in knowing that the eye of the Lord sees us, but we also take assurance in knowing that the eyes, his eyes much, he sees, his eyes sees much further than our eyes. Meaning, I can only see as far as from here to a certain distance. God sees further than that. He already knows we are on a path to destruction. We just, it just haven't came over the horizon yet to show us that we headed for danger. He sees farther than that. So he, he has the ability to forewarn us some type of way that we need to detour. Right. Any question? He sees the future and knows. Based on your decision that you're making, he knows that the future, based on your decision that, and how you're conducting your life now, he sees that the future is not the end. That's not where I want you to be at. So he allows things to come into existence into your life which make you look different that, that which make you look in a sense like for, for instance, 
a Mr. Frederick may say, well, Pastor Frederick don't look like he's going through nothing. I don't feel like I'm going through everything. That's because God sees the direction you headed and the direction I'm headed. The direction I'm headed might be in a way, I'm using for example, not saying that's how it is, but the direction I'm headed might be in a way that's pleasing to God. But the direction you headed not, so he had a lot of trouble to come and try to push you back in an, an area that he sees the outcome and said, that's the ending that I want for him or mm-hmm. her. Therefore, he sees the future and knows, therefore, how to lead us accordingly. Remember, he's leading us like we're leading the children. The children don't know which way to go. When the children, if you let the children go out there and say, let's go to the car, and they immediately start walking out of the way, you're going to, oh, you and you're going to be, hey, where you going? Right. Amen. And then, and then I'm keep walking. Be like, don't let me get you. Don't let me. They ain't gonna come and say, I got a piece of candy for you. I'm gonna reward you for disobeying. They say, don't let me get you. Yeah. Okay. Any questions? So, our inability to see beyond our limited vision is the main reason that we need divine guidance. We don't realize the decision we make is taking us way off the road. We think, oh, I think it's best for me to do this. I think it's best for me to do that. We better find out what God will let you know what's best for you to do. Since we cannot see where we are going, we do not know the way to go. You don't know the way to go because you can't see. God sees. Look, look, his vision is looking down upon you, and he knows which way you're going. He sees it. Remember, I want you to view your, I want you to pretend like you're looking down upon yourself. And if you were God, what would you do if you saw me walking detour? What would you do to get me back on the right road? Now, our inability makes divine guidance necessary because we are unable to do it, make good decisions. So we need divine guidance. His divine guidance necessary. That's another reason for you to say, the reason I need the Lord is because I don't know. I tend to make a lot of mistakes. We ain't going to admit it. But without God, we, we, we aim to, without God, it's like you walking around with your eyes closed. Yeah. And nobody's guiding you. Yeah. Without God. Mm-hmm. Try it for a while. Do it for 20 minutes. Walk around with your eyes closed for 20 minutes. You get to the point where you just stand still and say, I ain't going nowhere because I can't see. I don't know where I'm going. Except someone guiding me. Our nation boasts of the elaborate system of surveillance and that involves satellites that can pinpoint a hound on the ground from a hundred miles and over. That is quite an eye, but it does not begin to compare with the, with the Savior's surveillance. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. If Where you at, God sees you. If you choose to do evil, he sees that. If you choose to go, do good, he sees that too. God is not just seeing us. He is steering us. Many people feel that the eyes is only to spy. We feel like God's eye is just to spy on us. What's, what's the purpose of that? You're not God's television. In a sense, he's watching you, but he's not just watching you to see what mess you get in with it. 
Many people feel that that way. That the only that is all just just there to spy upon us and and and, and, and so he can say, ah, oh, I found it. I found you doing something wrong. That is the expression of the unrighteous. People that are unrighteous think like that. But the righteous know that his gaze is to protect and guide us. I will guide thee with my eyes. That's what the scripture says. Any question? Another way, once you get the spirit of God in you, it will guide us. It's, it is by his hand. You say, well, I ain't seen God's hand. Let's examine that for a minute. Uh, Psalms 78 and 2 and 72. 78 and 72 said, so he guide them by the skillfulness of his hands. The nature of being guided by God's hand helps us to understand how God accomplishes guidance of us. As he watches us with his eye, he guides us with his hand. We may watch the gifted hands of an artist as they work on the canvas or the uh, someone skilled with the keyboard. The skilled hand of the surgeon guides the scalpel in de delicate operation. The guides of the uh, 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 the trained hand to someone that's on an airport pilot holds hundreds of lives at his maneuver as he maneuvers the controls, right? In the airplane. Mm -hmm. Though though we can appreciate the expertise manifest in each of these various activities, none can compare to the skillfulness of the Lord's hand as he guides his people through this life. You hear people saying that this world is getting dangerous and dangerous, but he guides us through this life. That's why we need him too. To guide us through this life. You need the Lord, you need the Lord in your life. What is the comfort? What is comfort? Comfort. What look, look, just think about it for a minute. It is a great comfort to to to, to not only to feel that his hand is upon us, but also to know that the word, by the word, that it is. Much like small children enjoying the security of the parent's hand, we enjoy the benefits of God's guidance. As long as we, we hold, the hand, hold their hand, we will be guided by him. You not know by you stand close to God, it's almost like you got your hand in God's hand and says, well, what? you keep telling me where to go. You know, sometimes, sometimes we want to go where we shouldn't go, and we feel the Lord nudging us, talk to us. You don't need to go there. You don't need to go there. Any questions? But if we decide to let go of God's hand, and we do have a choice in the matter, He will let go of our hand. Then. We will suffer the consequences even more than a child who loses the hand of a parent. In some cases, when a child is, I remember 
my mom when I was a little boy, we went downtown Cleveland, Ohio, and to a little child, every building is like a humongous, humongous building because you little, so now the building even seem more high. And she let, I let go of her hand, and she, she let go of mine, I don't know how we broke her hand. I turned around, I just saw a bunch of body women, and I stood there and started crying. And sometimes, you let go of God's hand, God will bring you to a point where you somewhere crying. You crying because you know God, you need to be back where you need to be at, with God's hand, with God protecting you. So, but when we got back together, it was like, oh, thank God. That same feeling is when we ain't with God like we should, and we finally get back, we be like, oh, thank God. The calm of his palm is all the guidance that we need. Not only does God guide us with his hand, but he guides us by holding us in his hand. John 10, 28 and 29 says, And I give unto thee eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck him out of my hand. My Father which gives them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. These verses have caused many to wrongfully feel that once we are in God's hand, it is impossible to get out. But we, but as we have a choice to get into his hand, we also have a choice to get out of his will. He gives us that freedom to choose. I see the benefit of staying with I don't put too much in this way besides going back the other way. The choice is simple. I need to stay with the Lord. He carried me this far. Okay, any questions? I'm going to say this. Mm -hmm. We're going with the Lord. We choose to try to go the opposite way. The Lord will chat out of you. You look like you thank you. I can't go that way no more. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You talking from just experience. Experience. Which is what? A good teacher, right? Yeah. I ain't saying it's the best teacher, but it's a good teacher. I learned. It's me and you, Lord. I'm locked in for life. Mm -hmm. Can't go nowhere. Yeah. What you want? God, God, it's, it's wonderful. I'm trying to go the opposite of the way. That stuff don't work. Yeah. But that'll stop the devil from trying to pull you. Yeah, see, I like how Brother Phil look at it now. This is how he viewed the devil as a little tap on the shoulder. He's like, man, get off of me. Before, it looked like a bear hug. He's the strongest you let him to be. That's right, that's right. If you think he got that, that type of power, he can get you in control of you. He can have that type of power. Remember you said you got fish and tried to put the bait in front of the fish and went back? Mm -hmm. Same thing with him. That doesn't work over here no more. Mm hmm. That's don't work here. That's right. So the time maybe it did, but a little Tyson would be over there. So where is the spirit trying to guide us? Eventually, it's trying to get us to heaven. But are we there yet? Huh? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. <laughs> we ain't there yet. Don't stop. My my mind to go to heaven is not based on Sister Feldman living home. 
I wanted to go to heaven. I want to see her there. It's not based on Sister Fraser living home. If she so choose not to, that's between her and God. I'm, all I can do is fast and pray that God do that little scenario up here I gave you to get her back on track and get you back on track. But bottom line, it, my salvation or being saved in God is not based on the amount of people that follow me. Because bottom line, I don't have power to control nobody but this. Right, you got to save yourself. How bad do you want it? It's funny. I have this desire, I want to be saved so bad. And my biggest concern is, I hope to God I don't wake up one day like I don't care. I don't want that. And so if, if God, if, if I've been running this way and God puts face that in me, I ain't going to stop because evidently it came by me chasing after doing what the Lord said. I need to keep doing what he said so I maintain that. And I'd like to encourage you to do the same. Okay? Uh, so where does the Spirit guide us? Okay. Um, um, we're going to talk about Luke 1. 78, 79. The Spirit guides us into the way of peace. Not trouble, but peace. The scripture says in Luke 1, 78, excuse me, 1, chapter 1, 78, 79, said, The day spring from, the, from on high has visited us to guide our feet into the way of peace. The word way in Luke 179 is translated simply road. Although there are many roads, the Spirit guides us to the right road. There are many roads to go places, but the Spirit generally will guide us to the right road. Once our feet are on the road, He continues to guide us within the way. Ezekiel says of the four living creatures and their feet were straight feet and they went everyone straight forward. Ezekiel 1, 7 and then uh, 12 verse. As the living creatures with straight feet went straight forward the spirit guides us even onward. Hebrews 10, 39 We are not of them that draw back Proverbs 4, 25 through 27. I mean, I read all of them. I read some of them. Let thy eyes look right on, and let thy eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all the ways be satisfied. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. The narrow way allure to the scriptures in the way of peace as well as life. The broad way leads to strife and destruction. It is not difficult to know which way the Spirit desires to lead you and me. The Spirit is willing for all to be saved. We know that in scripture where the Bible says not God willing that anyone perish but all come to repent. But our flesh is weak. 
Unfortunately, the broad way of strife and destruction has been chosen by many, by, by the majority of the people in the world anyway. Perhaps the majority of the people in the way of strife do not know how to find a way to peace. The Bible reveals the way to peace and the way and remain and it helps us to remain in the way of peace. So we see that. Praise God. Okay. Psalm 23 shows us seven statements of guidance and peace. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes with me, and I'm, I may skip over. I'm not quoting the whole thing, but I may skip over. These are the seven ways. Number one, the Lord is my shepherd. Number two, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Number three, he leads me beside still water. Number four, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Number five, I will fear no evil. Number six, thy rod and thy staff, thy, they comfort me. Number seven, thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. These are the seven statements of God and peace. The Spirit guides us into all truth. Also, uh, John 16 and 13 says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Look, this Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost in you because it's going to pull you. When you want to go opposite, you're going to feel a tug and that tug is going to be greater than the pulling the pull you opposite. You have the ability to resist it, but you're not going to be at peace mentally. You're going to be unhappy. Most people that don't do what the Lord say are very unhappy. They're sad. They're mad. They're miserable. They, they, they're at the point where they just feel like, Almost, they almost had this, this demeanor like they sick of life. Mm -hmm. I had that feeling when I struggled between trying to live safe and unsafe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got to the point, she's afraid. I was sick of life. And I found out it wasn't that I was sick of life. I was sick of trying to struggle, trying to teach. Serve, serve the Lord today, then serve the That's what made you got get that way. You. I wanted to successfully be on one side. I didn't want to be successfully be on sin, but the Holy Ghost wouldn't let me. Every time I tried to stay in sin, Holy Ghost would keep nagging me. So I tried to live saved, and I keep feeling the pull of sin. So, but I kept staying in the way. Okay, now, and God eventually will get you strengthened to the point where you have power to resist. Now, remember, He leads us into, He guides us into all truth. Now, the guiding system of the Spirit will not only guide us in the way of peace, but will also direct us into all truth. Everything that everybody tells you is not true. You ever heard somebody quote scripture to you and you know that ain't true? You ever heard somebody tell you something that's out of character of the person? Oh, I saw some defense out there with another man kissing and hugging. You know that's out of character. That ain't true. <laughs> oh, you, I find out through the scripture that you don't need to be baptized. You don't need the Holy Ghost to live say, You know that ain't true. Why would you entertain that? We're looking for an easy way to get to heaven. We want to 
basically, really what we're looking for is a way to sin and then be accepted by God. Right. You can sin all you want, but to judgment day, you ain't going to be accepted by God. Even if, the, if a person says, you know, God, he accepts you. He don't matter what you do. If you're stupid enough to believe that after you don't been saved all this time, so be it. But I'm telling you, you're going to be for a rude awakening when you stand before the maker. You're going to say, and you're going to say, but, but he told me, he told me. It don't matter what he told you. That was wrong. This may be something you misunderstood. Okay. Now, some people believe that the Holy Ghost is given only to those who have received a pinnacle of correct doctrine and holiness standard. The Holy Ghost is not just reserved for people that get to a point where you say, oh, well, that's why they got the Holy Ghost. Look, they, they God see them. They get. Look, I didn't get perfect and then get the Holy Ghost. I, had, I needed the Holy Ghost when I wasn't perfect. Without it, I couldn't get perfect. I had had to get it while I was in my mess. They helped me get out my mess. The Holy Ghost is like a life preserver to somebody drowning. I'm constantly drowning. What do I need to undrown myself for? And then they give me the life preserver. Does that make any sense? I'm drowning. I get out of the water from being drowned, and then they said, "Oh, here's a life preserver." That didn't do. That won't do me no good. To me, that's a piece of garbage. Now, I needed it when I was in that mess drowning. So the Holy Ghost is like a life preserver to get you from drowning in the sin, in sin, in that sin sea. Something in that we shouldn't have. 
Our body sometimes let us know we need to get that junk out. We don't fight to keep it in either. No, no. That's right. You want that junk out. And then when you get it out, you feel, oh, thank God, I feel better now. Don't you say that? The same when somebody feeds you a bunch of God. You get that junk out, you say, oh, I feel better now. Now, since no one can call, can conjure holiness standards, can conjure uh, a true understanding of doctrine, or achieve perfection in holiness without the Spirit of God, which is the, through the Holy Ghost, it is important that a person begins his or her quest with the Spirit. The Spirit is given to guide us into all truth. If we don't have a mind to say, I gotta get the Holy Ghost and try to get it, it ain't gonna guide you into all truth. You're gonna go for a while and you're gonna quit. You're gonna go for a while and quit. Though a person may have enough truth to be saved, no one possesses a full knowledge of truth. There is always an area of truth into which God desires to lead us a little bit further. And this journey is going to come through getting us perfected. Perfected state, remember I keep emphasizing it, a perfected state in Christ is when God got you to a point where now he's going to use you to help other people get saved. When you're not, you can tell when you're not in the perfected state because all you think about is me, me, me. It's all about me. I need this, I, this, this, this ain't going. No. When, you, when you're in a perfected state, you, God will begin to put you in a certain category among men or women that can help other people. Your, your main influence becomes a, a, a mentor to them. Look, I look at look at my kids now. I can't make them do anything at the stage they are now. I become a mentor to them. I can give her advice, hope she take it. I give my, my two boys advice, hope they take it. But if they don't, I'm between them and God. All I gotta do is keep praying and believe in God. Even though they show me sometimes that oh, they ain't following nothing I said, I still keep praying. I don't doubt. Now how easy is it to stray from the path of truth into error? In responding to the disciple, question, what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Jesus mentioned deception three times. I want you to pay close attention to this. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. It's in Matthew 24, 4-5, then skip to the 11th verse. Because he mentioned deception more than wars, rumors of war, famine, pestilence, earthquake, persecution, and injury. Could it be that deception is the Christian greatest threat? Could it be? He mentioned it three times. There is also a warning in 1 Timothy 4 and 1. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter time, latter, latter means in the last days or the last of the times that, that's upon the earth, time, some shall depart from the faith. 
It don't need no divine interpretation for that. That means some people that were saved, acting like you're saved, ain't going to act like it no more. They're going to stop. And the Bible tells us what they're going to do after they stop. Giving heed, giving ear to seducing spirit and doctrine or teachings of the devil. It is not difficult then to see the importance of being guided by the Spirit. It, it's not difficult for us to see that. It's important for us to be guided by the Spirit. Without truth, we have no hope of eternal life. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, 32. When does the Spirit guide you? But where does the Spirit guide you? Besides springs of water. Isaiah 49 and 10 talks about that. They shall know, they shall not hunger nor thirst, neither shall the heat nor sun smite them, for he that has mercy on them shall lead them, even by the springs of water shall he guide them. The Spirit guides into the ways of peace, into all truth, and besides springs of water. The, la the, 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 later, the latter represents spiritual renewal. The spiritual renewal is necessary for the journey of, because the journey is rigorous. So spiritual renewal is necessary. Every journey needs a rest stop. And every desert needs an oasis. The trip to heaven on the road of life is no exception. Thank God he has provided for that need. He leads me beside the still water, Psalms 23 and 2. The wear and tear uh, on the body and soul is a very real Factor, right? You agree? Something about this. Where tell about? This is why we need renewal. We need to be renewed daily. The inward man is renewed day by day. Second Corinthians four sixteen. After crossing the red, the Red Sea, the children of Israel traveled three days into the wilderness of Shur and found no water. The Lord tested them at the bitter water of Moriah, and then led them to Elam. This is in Exodus 15. Exodus 15 and 27 says, and they came to Elam, where were 12 wells of water, and three scores and 10 palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. Elam represents an oasis. In the Bible, Elam is an oasis where the Israelites stopped during their exodus out of Egypt. Not only were they tired and thirsty, but they had just been tried in Merah. There was all there is always an Elam on the on the trail after a trial. 
There's always an oasis for us. That's the kind of God we serve. He's always watching us and see that my people need, need something. Look at Jesus when he went out and they followed him into the wilderness. They began to, all of a sudden, Jesus began to think, man, they, the people are hungry. Mm -hmm. You got two fish, five loaves of bread, and begin to distribute. He was concerned about that. He was concerned. Jesus had his eye, even though he was ministering them the spiritual information and the spiritual food, he was also concerned about their natural. Praise the Lord. He wasn't so focused on spiritual that he neglected the natural. Yeah. He will provide for you. Even if you, I said that in the past, that if you said to yourself, I'm just not going to eat unless the Lord allow me to get something. At a certain time, God will bring somebody by to say, hey, let me buy you some food. Or here, I just want to give you this. It's the Lord laid it on their heart to be your footstool. For you to be their footstool. To help you. You think, you, think, you think I didn't try that out? I said, I ain't gonna eat no more. I wasn't no fast. I just said, I ain't eating no more. I was going after so while, somebody came and said, Yeah, I got, got some food here. This is too much. I don't want it. Hey, right, you can have it. Yeah, that happened once. I said, oh, that's just a coincidence. I tried it again. Worked again. Mm -hmm. I tried it when I ain't had no money. I'm driving down the street, and I said, man, oh, I need some money. I ain't need no money to buy no junk. I just need some money. I ain't had no gas money. I ain't no food money. Mm -hmm. Stopped at the light. Somebody walked up there. I thought the guy was begging for some money. Not that one else. Oh, man. Oh, down my window. I was going to say, I ain't got nothing. He said, Lord, let my heart be this. Give me some money. He stuck the money in my hand. And he, he, I'm, I'm there shocked now. I'm there shocked holding this money in my hand. It's almost you standing there at the light, but now you take it from the light, and you're more focused on what you were thinking of when that happened. Now I hear beep, 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 beep. And I'm looking, I looked up the light is green. And I said, oh. and I drove off. I'm like, what? It'll happen. Amen. God would do that, just things like that to you to let you know that I see, I see what you need. I know what you ain't got. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what you what you want, what you need is not the money. You wanted the money to buy the food, so God will have somebody bring food by. Right. And you know you want it, and you'd be like, oh, okay, all right. Well, I'm just going to throw it in the garbage, and it's all wrapped up. You know they, they ate off of it, and you ain't eating out the garbage. I'm just going to throw it in the What you say you throw it in the garbage, you, 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 you get me then. You get me. You get my heart when you say you're going to throw something in the garbage, because I hate for good stuff to go in the garbage. So when you say, I'm going to throw it in the garbage, I'm like, oh, okay, give it here. So I take it. So we see that God will provide for you. Okay? Moving on. God also guides us even into death. This is something that we need to understand. When you can get so close to God that death does not scare you. Mm -hmm. What scares you is how you're going to die. Mm -hmm. But the actual death is like 
You die every night you close your eyes and go to sleep. Meaning you don't know what happened until you wake up. That's how death is. Just like sleep. I understand this. You don't know nothing unless you hear something that wake you up. You have to, I, I had instances where I went to bed and I lay down. And I opened my eyes. It was time to get up. I said, what just happened? Where did the whole night go? Well, I always wake up throughout the course of the night two or three times. But that particular night, I laid down. I didn't wake up till the next day. I had no understanding. I didn't even know I was saved. I didn't know my name. I didn't know I was married. I didn't know what. When I opened my eyes and began to look around, your, your, your identity began to come back to you. You're this, you're that, you're that. You stay here, this, and your wife is this, and this, this that, and all these things come. I, you don't know. Right. So death is nothing to be scared of. It's just like sleep. It's how you die. Yeah. That's why... A lot of people, as they get mature, they say, when I die, when I die, quick. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk. It's about, listen to what it says here. Let's see what time it is. I'm going to get you out of here at 930. All right? It says, uh, and so uh, the Spirit, uh, he, he guides us even unto death. Let's talk about that. Um, praise the Lord. Okay? Uh, many men, systems. May malfunction. Rockets may be erratic. Missiles may be misguided. But God's guidance system never fails. He guides us correctly and continuously. How many disasters and tragedies could have been averted had trained engineers switched men or pilots switched or air traffic controllers got up and said, I've been here for, I'm working a double shift and let somebody else do it. Or ship captain not fall or fail to watch and be alert. How many children would be alive today if their parents had not neglected to watch them? This is why continue, this is why continually is such an important word to our guidance. God never fails to guide. If God saw danger in you to the point where he wanted to avert you from it, he will wake you up and say, you need to get out of here. You need to go so-and-so place. Leave the house, go here. Like he did when during Jesus' time. And Joseph and Mary tell him, they need to go. Alright? Also, he will guide you even into judgment. Well, let me finish with death, though. I'm going to talk about death and judgment and death, then we're going to go home. Okay, now, uh, Scripture Psalms 48 and 14 says, For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even into death. So, Death is unfamiliar territory to us. We have taken this whole life, which is unfamiliar, but death is another category that we never experienced. It's unfamiliar to us. And it, because it's unfamiliar, we're scared of it. But he said he will guide us even unto death. A guide unto death means a guide all through life. Mm -hmm. Psalms 48, 14 offers 
a scriptural guarantee that he will never leave us or forsake us. It means that we, we will have a guide as long as we need a guide. I need a guide in this world, but I definitely need it after I die. To make sure I get, I, he guided me where I need to go. You need it too. Amen. This is a great comfort for friends to mean well, can only go so far, but never unto death. I go with you, man. I got you, but when it's time to die, man, you're alone. Some of them go as far as say, yeah, I stick with you to the last drop of his blood. <laughs> they really point to somebody else and his blood, but not mine. So we'll go so far, but we'll stop. Now, we should not fear death in the Lord because the Lord is with us. He has the keys to hell and death. I am he that lives and dies, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And he has the keys of hell and death. Revelation 1 and 18. God has promised to guide us not only unto death, but also through death. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff that comfort me. That's Psalms 23 and 4. Also, the Spirit guide us in judgment. When we're in judgment. Now look at this. A great eye opening about judgment. In Psalms 25 and 9. The meek shall he guide in judgment. And the meek will he teach his ways. This is Psalms 25 and 9. And also Psalms. Uh, uh, yeah. Now. Right decisions are significant to successful living, right? To be, live successful, you need to make right decisions, right? You agree with me? No one wants to make some good decisions, some bad decisions, some good. We want to constantly learn to have a consistency of good decisions, good decisions, good decisions. Often, the difference between success and failure is a one decision away, right? You can make one decision and have you home. One decision. You got a little bit of money, you're trying to double it, and you put it somewhere and find out where you put it, someone was counting. Now you're home. One decision away. Obviously, right decision leads to success, and wrong decision leads to failures. The decision making process cannot be inherited, purchased, or learned, at least from a school or a book. It is if it is inherited, it is inherited spiritually by becoming a son of God. If it is purchased, it is purchased according to Isaiah 55 and 1. He that has no money, come ye buy. And he that, that if it is learned, it is learned as the Holy Spirit teaches us. The world's wisdom says to accumulate, you must get. What does that mean that I just said? What did, define that in layman's term, in, in another word. What did I just said. What does that mean? The world's wisdom say to accumulate, you must get. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? 
That means in order to get ahead, you need to get, 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 get. Don't give. Get, 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 get. God's wisdom said to accumulate means to get, you must give. Amen. What? Well, if I keep giving, how am I going to get anything? Yeah, that's God's wisdom. You just got to have enough faith to believe God or you're going to lean on your own. You see where your wisdom got you. Mm -hmm. I ain't giving nobody nothing till I, till I got enough to give. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's going to keep you broke. Amen. Man's wisdom said, the way to honor is exhortation. Mm -hmm. I need to show people I'm, I'm the best of the best. That's man's way. God's wisdom, the way to honor is humility. Divine judgment is reserved for those who are guided by the Spirit. That's why you need the Spirit in you. This is what the world, the world will make you think because you don't exert yourself and make them notice you, you will never be on top and you will never amount to anything. But God's wisdom say you humble yourself and you don't exert yourself. You don't try to put yourself on top. God going to fix it. He's going to maneuver space and time and people in your ways to make you come out on top. That you didn't think, you said, well, I don't understand. I didn't put myself out there like all them other people. Because they did it and they were successful don't mean that you do it, you successful. Right. But you need to do it the way the Lord said. Knowing what is right is a judgment that offers one of the greatest challenges. It was this kind of challenge that called Solomon to ask for wisdom instead of riches. He knew that to be able to discern between right and wrong would bring him success and riches. He also knew that riches and no wisdom, he would not be able to retain wealth. All right, give me stuff. Another era of judgment in which it is necessary to have guides of the spirit is self-judgment. According to the word, it is vital to our salvation that we judge ourselves. Amen. Stop looking at other people trying to do God's work. All right. The person you should be looking at is yourself. Anybody else is somebody that you're trying to help. So you're judging yourself and you're trying to help me, you, 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 we're trying to help each other. You help me, I help you. We all become helpers of one another. That's according to God's plan. Mm -hmm. And there we go. This is how God died. Alright? Let me stop there. I hope I've said something that may help you in this journey to be, God, be guided by the Spirit. But you, in order to be guided by the Spirit, you need the Holy Ghost. Please, I beg you. What does it take? Apostle Paul said, I beseech you. That means I beg you. By the mercy of God, get the Holy Ghost. Did it. Oh, I still available to get it. Yes,